You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, ending the week with the NFC East post-draft wrap. Our favorite picks, how well do these teams do in the 2021 NFL Draft? Not really grades, but really do grades, but... I think you could really get a good feel for a draft class, how a team drafted versus at least consensus or at least versus how Matt and I see things. And and we don't always see things as consensus either. And I think this was a fun draft in this division in the NFC East. And then we'll be all done with these post-draft wraps. And we'll probably go back and look at some past drafts past years at some point this summer too, Matt, which I think will be fun. Then you really can start to grade things after you've seen three years of a rookie class in the NFL, so that'll be a lot of fun and some um, of Matt's rankings that you can find at ProFootballNetwork.com. His positional rankings for the 2021 NFL season will be happening next week, and all the latest news, of course, plus your questions. Find me at BD Peacock, Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Tag us. Get those questions in for next week's mailbag show. But Matt, today, the NFC East, and actually, Matt, I want to ask you about one thing first. I don't know if it's my human pea brain that does this every year. All the information that I gather during the draft, it's sort of like when I was in college and just in cramming for finals or something like that. I feel like I push a lot of other stuff out of my head and I find myself <laughs> forgetting the names because I throw 300 new names in my dome. I start forgetting other names of like people I know and of other NFL <laughs> players that already exist. And I'm like, wait, who's that? Who's that Pro Bowl player uh, for the Carolina Panthers? Oh, Christian McCaffrey. That's that guy's name. Uh, does that happen to you where you just push other information out of your head because there's so much draft stuff crammed in a small amount of time into your brain? I don't think so, but I had this conversation with my dad over the weekend. And like when I when I do like my Steeler shows, some of those co-hosts will kind of laugh at me. Like, I don't have a laptop. I just sit there by myself with a cup of coffee and I rattle things off. And it's been somewhat of a gift i mean i can't do it in any other walk of life (laughs) i you know i know the the backup guard you know from three years ago these type of things boy i'm worse at it now though i I mean i'm sure some of our listeners even notice i stumble for names once in a while much more than i used to i told my dad this like i used to be boom 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 know them all and i'm not afraid to admit it i'm 47 i mean i'll I'll say things like you know like you said that that running back for carolina you know what the Stanford, you know right yeah and and i know who he is the name just doesn't fall off my tongue at the same way it used to i think it's age yeah age is part of it you know what i've uh, what else i've noticed too with nfl people and people i've spoken to in person in the league or you just hear people talk in the league there's a coach speak and a and a football guy vibe to everything they i feel like they probably go through a similar thing because you feel like they dehumanize prospects and players sometimes because all they talk about is oh uh number 11 from Georgia or you know 16 from Alabama the kid from Clemson and you're like you mean Trevor Lawrence like everybody knows who he is why are you calling him the kid from Clemson right uh there was a, a quote I saw this week they called uh an NFL executive it was a Mike Sando article it was really good and it was breaking down you know uh, anonymous scouts and anonymous executives from teams uh, breaking down different prospects from different teams and uh, one of the executives called Josh Allen the Buffalo guy. I'm like, is J- Josh Allen, you mean? The, you called him the <laughs> Buffalo guy? Like, at some point, you've got to be able to call a guy by his name, right? I get it if it's like a, you know, like you were saying, a backup guard from, you know, 
Western Michigan or something, and you actually don't remember his name. But come on, like, why do football people speak like that? They also speak in riddles where every they don't make statements; they ask questions. I've noticed that about football people too, and it's it's a really weird, frustrating thing sometimes. You're like, why do why does everyone speak like this? I, I 100% agree with what you're saying before. Like, yeah, Wyoming had that quarterback that went in the first round a couple of years ago. Yeah, you mean Josh Allen, who was like runner up for MVP? Yeah, you know, the, the right? Wyoming kid. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, right. I mean, North Dakota State had a quarterback a couple of years ago. Like, yeah, he was second pick in the draft, you know, or maybe the guy won the Heisman in Oklahoma. He went early in the pick. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, you know, like, yeah, you're definitely right. You, 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 that happens all the time, you know, like, yeah, LSU had a receiver. Or you're, you're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Okay, that's let's right. get into. Yeah, true though. How about let's start with the Dallas Cowboys and the NFC East here. I love that there were some trades within the division, by the way. And it yeah. was the Eagles jumping the Giants with the Cowboys. So three teams were involved, really, in this one trade in the first round with the Eagles going from 12 to 10. The Dallas Cowboys jumping back to 12, and they drafted Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. And it's interesting because it looked to me like, and I think most people who were putting Patrick Sertan or, or J.C. Horn in there for the Dallas Cowboys at 10, that those corners at 8 and 9 got snagged right in front of them, and that's the reason they were willing to trade. And the Eagles wanted to trade because they wanted to get up and get uh, their, obviously the guy they drafted, they wanted to get Devontae Smith in front of the New York Giants. Then the Giants ended up moving back, so it seemed like both the Cowboys and the Giants got sniped in the first round of this draft. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, without question on Dallas, I think you're right on both. But, I mean, I'm sure... Everyone does their due diligence and, okay, we're picking a 10. We're going to have our 10 favorite players, but we know we're going to get Horn or Sertain. You know, like one of those two is going to be there. And I think every mock in the world had them taking a corner, which I totally got. And boom, they went right before them. I mean, the ultimate snipe. And to their, you know, to their credit, moved back a little. And they ended up with, what, a lot of picks here. I mean, six, seven, I mean, like 11 or 12 picks. And a lot of them, you know, three-thirds, two-fourths, I mean, pretty good area of the draft so they didn't get the stud corner that they coveted but you know we'll get to some of their picks they did get a lot of stuff for the defense and they probably had a really good grade on Parsons but you know I, I think they would have been much happier with Sertain or Horn I mean that's not how they planned on it going what do you think about just the value at 12 of Micah Parsons do you think he's a player that was like, okay, this is one of those blue chippers. He was going to go in the top 12 of the draft. He just ended up going 12 instead of, you know, 10 or 8 or, or 9. Do you, would you have a problem with him getting into the top 10? Did you think this was a slam dunk play? Because as the draft process went on, Parsons started to go later and later and later in mocks, and I didn't think he was even going to go in the top 15 at the end. Yeah, I mean, I'm not being hard on Dallas, but if there's character concerns, let's just say they're less worried about it than others. You know, Josh Ball out of Marshall in the fourth round was one of those. Um, I think that was a reason Parsons would have dropped that some teams weren't thrilled with working with him. You know, I mean, but in terms of, I think he's an equal prospect to Devin White, Devin Bush, you know, or some of these other linebackers we've seen go in the top 10, better size than those guys, doesn't run any worse. So in a, in a defensive draft that's really light on premier prospects, I think he was one of them. It just depends how much you value that position, too. And obviously, the Cowboys were in on the cornerback market, and they went there in round two with Kelvin Joseph. High upside player, sort of a boomer bust guy. 
There are some questions off the field with him. YK, I got to get it right. YKDV Boss Man Fat is his rap name. And uh, I wonder if he's going to try to go by that in the NFL, if it'll say Joseph or Fat on the back of his uniform or Boss Man Fat. But Kelvin Joseph's got a ton of talent, 4'3 speed, just under 6 feet, 197 pounds. If he hits, I mean, that could be a home run. A couple of really stud defensive players with their first two picks. Joseph could have a better career than Sertain and Horn. You know, I mean, you mentioned the off the not off the field concerns, but just the worries about him. How much does he love it? He's as talented as those guys. I mean, he's very long. Um, I think that's a, a theme here too. I mean, remember they're putting a Seahawks like defense in play here, and the other they drafted three corners, and Joseph's the little one of the group. I mean, the other ones are like six two, six three, right in. Um, Mukawawa. Yeah. yeah, you can you can have that one. <laughs> yeah, six um, <laughs> four two twelve. This guy's really big, and maybe even a safety. Uh, I, I, he he's one of those players I don't think is going to be a starter in the NFL on the outside necessarily. Although he could because he's pretty athletic as well. I think he's sort of a matchup type of player, and you hope you get maybe even a little more. Yeah, I mean, again, they're they're taking size, they're drafting traits. Uh, we know what that defense wants, and I assume they look at Parsons as their Bobby Wagner type. And I don't want to say that um, Smith and Vander Esch are failed experiments, but they've had some good snaps, but they're hard to count on for medical reasons. Really big draft class, 11 total picks. They had three third-rounders, Osa Digazua, Chauncey Goldson from Iowa defensive end, and uh, Nishan Wright, that Oregon State corner that you mentioned there. So to start the draft, six straight selections on the defensive side of the yeah. ball, a couple of off-ball linebackers, a couple of corners, and a couple of defensive linemen. Yeah, and Jabril Cox really pick, sticks out at the 115th pick. And from what I was told, they had no intentions of drafting two linebackers. I mean, it's not that much of an indictment on Van Der Esch and Smith and those guys, but they just couldn't believe Cox was still available. They had extra picks. They went and got him. So he may pay off huge. Um, Zua fits what they want, upfield guy. Again, uh, just a wealth of, de of defensive prospects. And then I mentioned Josh Ball before. I like this pick. I mean, I don't know the young man. He might be fine. I don't know. But, I mean, he is a high upside tackle that could eventually replace Tyron Smith, which is a need. Uh, Semi Fuhoko, the wide receiver I from like him too. Stanford, a big guy, 6'4", 222, can – run uh is, is pretty well getting the it does pretty well getting the ball down the field and uh could be something and i think in the fifth round it's a it's fine value too so they definitely restocked the cupboard there especially on the defensive side of the ball for dallas so you know solid draft I, i'm not blown away by it I, there there could be you know just a lot of mediocre players in this draft it really all comes down to those first couple of picks and, and did they really hit on you know star linebacker and micah parsons and they did they get a starting corner in kelvin joseph yeah, I mean, if they could even just get two defensive starters and some defensive depth out of all those picks, that would go a long way considering the state of their offense with Dak Prescott coming back. Coming up, we've got the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Washington football team next. We've seen how the draft could change some things for teams. Uh, what about looking at the schedule? How do those win totals look now? Are you a little bit more bullish on your favorite team you can put some money on it at betonline.ag. NFL futures, props, there's Tim Tebow props already up at betonline.ag. Of course, UFC, MMA, Major League Baseball, 
NBA, NHL, get the latest news, odds, and all the info for your sporting needs. Get in the action at betonline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your sports. Also, table games, you've got reality TV, uh, tons of things to bet on at BetOnline. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs in the NBA. Head over to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked on. That's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I don't have the audio pulled up right now, Matt, but there's a fantastic clip out there of just some insane. Like, people are different on the East Coast. I'm a California guy. Giants fans, Philadelphia Eagles fans, especially when it comes to the NFL draft, they are crazy they're wound up and <laughs> aggressive and yeah used to see them a lot at the draft when the draft was held in new york live but uh, there's this one fan in particular that goes nuts and has a youtube channel and has some of the best clips and he, that guy was losing his mind when the eagles jumped up from 12 to 10 in front of the new york giants and took Devonte smith because even with all the work the giants did in the offseason at wide receiver Giants fans were ready. They were like, Devontae Smith is our guy. They were super excited, and I fully believe the Eagles did snipe them and go and get their guy. So what did the Giants do? Something Dave Gettleman never does. He traded back, and I love the move. Going back from 11 to 20, and they ended up with a wide receiver there as well in Kadarius Toney out of Florida. And by the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars, found out later, were set to take Tony, and, and he would have gone to the Jaguars instead of Travis Etienne if he was still on the board. But the Giants got him first at pick 20. Kadarius, Tony, what were your thoughts there with the, what the Giants did on draft day? Yeah, it's always fun to look back and what if and all the ripple effects and butterfly effects if one little pick, you know, Philly moving up and then three different things happen as a result. You know, the dominoes fall. We said this pre-draft, so I'm not going to change my mind. I didn't think receiver was the need, you know, however, Tony's much different than the style of pass catchers they have, including Ingram and Barkley. You know, he's a space gadgets, you know, know, jitterbug guy with crazy speed. And uh, such a trend this year was let's supply our young high pedigree quarterback with immense amounts of weapons. You know, I mean, the Eagles did it. We'll get to them. You know, Miami, I mean, since he, I mean, tons of teams have done this. And the beauty of the Giants move is they did it, but also got insurance by trading down and getting the Bears first round pick next year that if we supply Jones with all this good stuff and fun weapons and people are given weapons more than offensive line and he fails, well, then we can go get his heir apparent. Right. And the same is true for Philly. And, you know, so a lot of these teams are really set up similarly with their young quarterbacks. And some folks would say, well, why don't you just draft the quarterback now? You know, but um, they, they like Daniel Jones. They drafted him high. They drafted him six overall, not that long ago in 2019 for a reason. They really like him. I'm sure they really believe in him. So now he's got his shot. And this is it for Daniel Jones. You've got Kenny Galladay. Darius Slayton, they added John Ross this offseason, so they've got a ton of speed out there. Kadarius Toney now, Sterling Shepard as well, and obviously Saquon Barkley coming back at running back. Um, Evan Ingram there at tight end. There's a ton of skill-making talent on that offense. So yeah. it's put up or shut up time for Daniel Jones. He's got to be something this year. Or you're right, they're armed to do something in the draft next year and go get another quarterback. 
Yeah, and again, a lot of teams are taking that exact same approach. It's funny how they've all played out this offseason, and it's a good one. You know, give me an extra future first, and I'm going to still give you receivers and see what you do. Um, in the end, they didn't make a ton of picks. I mean, they only made six picks, and two of them were in the sixth round. But I like what they did overall. I mean, these next three on defense, I think, are going to be useful for the Giants. I love the Aziz Ojolari pick. I mean, this yeah. this guy was a first-rounder for me all day. I think he was one of the top three edge rushers in this class. He's not tall, 6'2", 250 pounds, but he's got really long arms, so that really helps him as a pass rusher. And I would take arm length over height any day as a rusher. So, um, And he comes correct. He comes with the right attitude, even though he's not the biggest guy. High-motor player. He was productive. Only a redshirt sophomore. I love this pick. I mean, even if you're iffy about Kadarius Tony as a top 20 pick I was cool with Aziz Ojolari as a top 20 pick so when you put these two together and you're getting a future first Aziz Ojolari Kadarius Tony a future first round pick I think it's a home run first couple of days for the New York Giants uh the only question is the the injury stuff which is the only reason Aziz Ojolari was available in the second round it doesn't sound like a big deal to me but I never know because some of these things you hear something about a player's injury history it doesn't affect their stock and sometimes in this case it does it was a high school knee injury that he had and he's got some arthritis maybe so maybe it shortens his career but man if he's a stud through his rookie contract give me give give me Aziz Ojolari all day in the second round yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the 50th pick overall, without question. And there were some of these guys, JOK comes to mind, where it comes out after the fact that maybe they weren't injury red flags, but it was just such a weird year that teams didn't have a sure answer yet. You know, there were some concerns. Mm -hmm. They just didn't know 100%. So ah, we're not going to take them, especially the first round pick. I mean, if that's true, I guess I get it. But when we do the, I, I keep talking about this, like, I'm excited to see the 30 for 30 COVID years, you know, and we'll go back and look at all the, how it affected football, just the NFL version. And we might be like, man, a guy like Aziz Ojolari would have gone 20th overall. Instead he goes 50th just because information was a little harder to come by on draft day that year. Value-wise, I think Aaron Robinson, their third-round selection, they moved up a few yeah. spots to grab him out of Central Florida corner. He's really short-armed, which I think hurt him throughout the process, but he's not small necessarily. He's about 5'11", 185, 190 pounds, but he can fly. There were so many 4.38, 40 for him. I mean, there's so many 4.3s, 4.4 flats in this class, but uh, even if you adjust that for this oddball year of uh, times at, at pro days, Still fast, and he's a twitchy player. He could play outside. I think maybe because of his lack of length, he'll play inside in the slot in the NFL quite a bit, but uh, fantastic value, a player that people talk about as a potential late first-rounder during this process early on, but I think length really hurt him. And again, dates one and two, fantastic value for the Giants, I think, overall. Yeah, I agree. You know, again, at need positions, I, I think he comes in and probably is their starting slot from day one. They put a lot of investments in the Gettleman era into the cornerback position, haven't got quite enough out of it, and slot corner has been a problem for them too. Uh, I, I think you, you profiled him really well that edge and slot corner were two of their biggest needs on defense, and then they followed up the Robinson pick with another edge guy that has eye upside at Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa that I like too. I mean, he's – got a chance to be a really good player probably down the line. So uh, you know, going two edge and a slot corner, two of which could start from day one, it's pretty nice for the defense. Ellerson Smith is another one I really liked. High upside yeah. for a day three player. He could absolutely be a starting caliber 
edge guy. He could stand up as a rusher. He could, I think, continue to grow. He's 6'6", 252 pounds right now. Really athletic. That Northern Iowa pro day, by the way, uh, Ellerson Smith and Spencer Brown, like some really long athletic football players there that could be uh, big-time projects in the NFL that could hit and, and have some Pro Bowl physical attributes if they do develop. So Ellerson Smith, one of my favorite uh, day three sort of a pass rushers with huge upside there. So good job, Dave Gettleman. I think he did a good job. And I have not been complimentary of David Gettleman's drafts since he showed up there in New York. But uh, I think this was a pretty good one. I don't know anything about the sixth round guys. Gary Brightwell running back from Arizona or Rodarius Smith from Oklahoma State corner. I, I don't know much about Brightwell. Um, I, you know, Williams was on lists and I, I saw a little bit of him. I thought he'd go a little earlier than this, but so be it. I mean, I'm not going to harp too much on that, but uh, I mean, a huge key to this is the future first. And I mean, I, I had to think that teams that gained picks for next year's to me, I think really made out this year. This was a hard draft to hit. And if I can trade assets for a year down the road, cool. I'm in I'm in on that. It was such a crazy class because I think this year's quarterback class was really good. And it's hard to know if next year is going to have even two guys that are worthy of being one of the top four this year. But there look there looks like there might be, and every year there's some quarterbacks you don't really know and you don't expect to show up, and they end up being a high first round pick like Zach Wilson was this year, Joe Burrow was the year before. It just happens almost every year. The quarterback thing is the only question, but otherwise, I think most people, and you heard it from you know anonymous scouts, and you heard it from NFL people and evaluators, like uh, next year's class. Like if if you can get next year's picks, it's it's kind of a big win. So mm-hmm. I think that was probably part of it for the New York Giants. I think so. And again, it's quarterback insurance. And boy, we're seeing that with a lot of teams. Philadelphia Eagles, Washington football team will finish up the NFC East and every team will be done in our post-draft wraps next. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor like jalapeno recently? If you find that one, give it a shot. I was pleasantly surprised coconut coconut almond peanut butter is my favorite mint brownie peanut butter brownie salted caramel double chocolate raspberry some of the classic flavors there and they're filtering through new flavors all the time something for everyone and as we know from the built bar bracket some passionate fans about their favorite flavors not only are built bar the best tasting protein bars on the market they're healthy too We're talking 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of net carbs, and 4 grams of sugar. You can find a flavor that satisfies you or build your own box of Built Bars and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We mentioned that inside the division trade, Philadelphia Eagles pulling off a move going in front of the New York Giants with the Dallas Cowboys to pick 10 after they had already moved from 6 to 12. That 12th pick, man, four different teams held it before the draft this year. Devontae Smith, wide receiver Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner, player I really like. Uh, I love this draft for the Philadelphia Eagles just because of that move, and they gave up an extra pick, but they still gained that that first rounder next year going from six to 12 originally. So if you're telling me you went from, you had pick six and you turned that into a first round pick in Devontae Smith, I think that's fantastic for the Eagles attacking their need, making sure they got their guy, the guy they liked, the guy they might've taken at six. Anyway, in Devontae Smith, 
and then followed it up in round two with Landon Dickerson. Obvious injury history there with him, but an interior offensive lineman would have been a first-rounder if not for the injuries. Milton Williams, their third-rounder, Louisiana Tech defensive tackle, really athletic player who I like as well. So the first three picks, I think, have a chance to do some big things for the Eagles. Love what they did. Love the maneuvering. I loved how they made the board work for them instead of just allowing uh, everybody else to decide their fate for them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, going into the draft, they had the most 2022 draft capital of any team, you know, and and they're hoping Carson Wentz, you know, yields them another first round pick. So they had all the all the, the cards in their hand to go do these things. I 100% agree with you with Smith, you know, go be aggressive, get your guy. You have a lot of picks. Back-to-back Bama guys to go with the former Bama quarterback in Philadelphia. I mean, the, the familiarity is wonderful. You know, Smith and Dickerson are both considered extremely hard workers, character guys coming from the best program around. And Smith is so much different than Jalen Rager. So, you know, I, I think that consistent target hog chain mover type will be really good for Hertz's development. And the Eagles have just been killed with offensive line injuries. I mean, if their offensive line had been healthy these past two years, it may have gone much differently for them. So they do return a good group. And if Dickerson can't stay on the field, so be it. But I would imagine they envision him being a guard right now uh, with Brooks being the other guard. That's pretty darn good. And Kelsey in the middle. And then, you know, Dickerson takes over for Kelsey, who even contemplated retirement this year, I think. And it's looking like Dickerson's going to be ready to go. He tore his ACL in the SEC championship game in December. And then he had another ACL tear, an ankle injury in the past. So that's a lot of injuries. But at Alabama's pro day, and I was watching that closely because of the 49ers at the Alabama's second pro day, and Mac Jones was getting interviewed on the field after the pro day, and Landon Dickerson's doing cartwheels. Like, he, he looked <laughs> fine. He looked like he was fully recovered from that ACL injury that didn't happen that long ago. So I think that's part of it. They expect him to be back and ready to play and ready to play early. The question is, is he going to pop another ACL? Because he's already got two of them. Yeah, that's the thing. Is is he a, a, only a one-contract guy? Um, can he can you get him week to week? Is he going to be a lot of work for your doctors? Or were they just isolated incidents? You know, my hunch is probably won't have a real long career you know but who knows Milton Williams too was one of my favorite prospects because this wasn't such a great high-end defensive tackle class and Milton Williams after his pro day workout which was just ridiculous he had uh I want to get it right I think he ran a four six at it was insane just a hair under six four 280 pounds uh, his other his other workout numbers were just fantastic. So you're 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 buying an athlete here and someone that could potentially uh, be just a big time player. Thirty eight and a half inch vertical, thirty four reps. He had a sub seven second three cone drill, six point nine three. I mean, those are ridiculous numbers for a guy that big. Yeah, and with uh, Fletcher Cox and Hargrave there, he doesn't have to start right away. He could be a sub package guy, a rotational player. I, I'm not so sure he doesn't need to play some base end in a 4-3 front, you know, with those two in the inside. I think they'll move them all over the place. And an Eagles belief is that they build with lines. You know, like when they had, when they won the Super Bowl, they had the best O-line, D-line combination in the league, you know, and, and they're using both their day two picks on big people on each side of the ball. That's what this team's all about. 
After round three, though, I don't have any really big thoughts about the day three picks for the Eagles, and they had a number of them. They had six more selections. Zach McPherson, a corner from Texas Tech. I like Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, the running back. He's a, you know, a, a stout but short, explosive runner, 5'8", 200-pound type player, and, and not really a lot of thoughts on the rest of the, the draft here for the Eagles. Anything stick out to you on day three? Uh, Gainwell was the only offensive player. I, I think that's noteworthy. And I really think that this coaching staff coming from Indianapolis thinks he's Naheem Hines. You know, I think that's a pretty obvious, mm. you know, parallel there. Uh, and they'll probably use him accordingly. I thought he'd go earlier, but there's some defensive depth guys here too. I mean, Patrick Johnson, the seventh round, I thought he was more of a fifth round type player. Um, the defensive tackle out of USC, whose name I don't pronounce well in the sixth, you know, is going to be their fourth defensive tackle that works out well. So they reinforced the defense pretty well on the third day. we got to finish this up with the Washington football team and uh, another team that I'm going to say again. So even with the Eagles too, and the Eagles, when they moved out of six, originally there was talk that they had moved. They, they had talked about moving up potentially with the, the dolphins to number three, but they only wanted two quarterbacks in this class. They liked Trevor Lawrence and they liked Zach Wilson. And I'm struggling to see why you would not at least consider Justin Fields there because I'm not sure if Hertz is the guy. And then when you look at what the Bears did, moving up, they started out at pick 20. Washington was at 19. They were able to go up and get their quarterback and get Justin Fields. I imagine Washington would have been able to make a, a move up as well and give up a similar amount to go get their quarterback. And instead, they stuck at 19 and drafted Jamin Davis, the off-ball linebacker from Kentucky, who's not a bad prospect, but going and getting your quarterback had to be pretty tempting there for Washington. So I think there's scenarios where Justin Fields could have ended up on a couple of teams here in the NFC East too. Yeah. I like their draft for today without question, but uh, I'm going to be hard pressed to find a team after this regular season. That's more quarterback needy than Washington. You know, I mean, it, there's nothing there. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it, 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 I'm not sure they even have their starter for now. I mean, I know we're excited about Fitz. We talked about that yesterday. I think, good. He's much different than what they played with. They're going to be a fun team to watch. I'm more interested in their fantasy guys now with him as a quarterback. But their quarterback situation is maybe the worst in the league, just in terms of how how do you build for the future and fight for today? The Steelers isn't much better. Um, you know, but that's the big elephant in the room. But I like the players they took. And you know they've been living with the Bostic type linebackers and they, they ruled the dice <laughs> on Ruben Foster. That didn't work out. Jamin Davis to me really completes that defense. I mean, him being able to run and hit behind that defensive line with an improved secondary, it might be the best defense in the league now. Their second rounder, Samuel Cosme. He he looks like what you want a left tackle to look like athletically. He's long, 6'6", mm -hmm. six, six, 314 pounds, but he's kind of a mess technique-wise. I don't think he's someone you plug in early, but potentially you get a starting caliber athletically, at least left tackle in the NFL, which is pretty dang good value for the 19th pick in round two. Yeah, and that's why I really like them signing Leno to a one-year deal is now Cosby is not a starter for you. You start Leno and Moses, and they're both you know big, proven guys. I can see Cosby coming in as a sixth offensive lineman, 5% of the time, something like that, you know, as a big blocking tight end type while he learns. But Leno's only signed to a one-year deal, and you work on Cosme for the year. So I thought that worked out really well. 
Really like their two third-round picks. Benjamin St. Juice, the long corner out of Minnesota, who was really good at the Senior Bowl this year, 6'3", 200 pounds. He's ready to step in and play right away. Uh, gives them depth on that defense that is just going to be scary. And maybe my favorite pick so far for Washington was Diami Brown, the wide receiver out of North Carolina. To get him late or mid-round three area, I thought he was a second-round player. He can absolutely get deep. He's dynamic catching the deep ball, tracking the deep ball, setting up routes, these quick little double-move routes, and fits in really nicely with that wide receiver group now in Washington. Fantastic pick by them, and if they do have some capable quarterback play, uh, look out for this team. Yeah, oh, I love the Brown pick, too. I would have bet he was definitely going to go in round two. A lot different from McLaurin and Samuel. And then you throw in Logan Thomas and Gibson's ability as a receiver. It's kind of like the conversation we have with the Giants. Like, there's a lot of different style receiving weapons in this offense now. I think the, the, the line's in good shape. Yeah, the Brown pick is probably my favorite as well. Day three didn't really blow a lot of, you know, wind up my skirt, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. But it's kind of like we talked about with some of the other edges. I, sh- I was shocked William Bradley King and Shaka Tony lasted to the seventh round. There was like eight or nine of these edge guys that went in the late sixth, seventh that I thought were going to go earlier. I mean, they're not perfect players, but they're rotational guys, strong special teamers. And then I think we should probably wrap up our series here with the round six trend of great names with Cameron Cheeseman as the, <laughs> the long snapper. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how the Packers passed up on him. Uh, but right. He had to be a great player. Yeah. Cameron Cheeseman, that's a fantastic name for a long snapper. A big-time long snapper draft this year. I didn't watch any long snapper tape before the draft, but there was at least three long snappers that went this yep. year. So teams trying to replenish that position group. When we look back on this draft in 10 years, we'll be like, hey, that was an all-time long snapper class, wasn't it? Um, but Shaka Tony, you mentioned him. A steal of a player in the seventh round. You don't really know where to play him because he's a really undersized edge-rushing type of player, but I think he can play a little off-ball for you. And he, he can get to the quarterback. So just as a rotational guy, someone that you bring off the edge with some juice to go get the quarterback in the seventh round, that's fantastic value there. So yeah. uh, overall, Dax Milne can play a little bit, wide receiver from BYU. He was the number one guy for Zach Wilson there at BYU. He can get open and, and maybe make a, a roster in the NFL. So overall, not bad, not bad at all for the Washington football team. Question is, round one, did you get round one value at 19 with your linebacker there and what about quarterback that would be the big question but otherwise I think they did some nice things and a pretty solid draft yeah and I think they're a good football team now you know I mean last year I thought they were the best of an awful division but you know give or take and now I think well they can hang with just about anyone any given week but I, they don't have the long-term quarterback solution uh, a lot of special teams help including the cheese man you know uh, late in late in the draft and you know back to the 30 30 for 30 of this draft class I think we're going to look at the round six as the all-time, the best round in draft history for uh, names. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, 30 <laughs> 30. the sixth round names and the long snappers. Forget those first round quarterbacks. It's all about the sixth right, round right. of the 2021 NFL. Punters round. and kickers too, yeah. All right, good stuff. That is every team's NFL draft. We broke them all down. That was fun. Really cemented who went where. Seeing the 2021 versions of these teams all take shape here in the offseason absolutely so we'll be back next week uh we'll be talking different position groups all kinds of good stuff on the, on the horizon absolutely it's gonna be fun talk to you then get those questions in at pd peacock at williamson nfl positional rankings mailbag next week right here peacock and williamson